You are now tuned into the Priority One Subspace Frequency, brought to you by Geek Nation Tours. Visit www.geeknationtours.com to book your next shore leave. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. Welcome to episode 95 of Priority One, recorded on Thursday, September 6th, 2012, and hosted on PriorityOnePodcast.com. And now, streaming live on TrekRadio.net on Thursday nights. Hello, everyone out there on Trek, uh, Trek Radio. I'm Elijah. I'm James. And I'm Elliot, sitting in for Adrian, who is uh, out on an errand of mercy at the moment. Yes, uh, unfortunately, Adrienne uh, is taking care of, of a close loved one who's very sick. Our thoughts and prayers and, and good energy go out to a speedy recovery. We hope Absolutely. everything goes well. Definitely, definitely. So what do we have in store for this week's episode, James? Well, in this episode, Blank of the Week, we take a look at a DS9-focused podcast. Uh, we'll find out what happened uh, this week in Trek. Also, uh, in Stone News, we cover Season 6, Deb Blog 26, the newest Foundry special project. Uh, Foundry Challenge number 4, Voting Begins. Uh, the Tholian lockboxes are going away. And Stowe joins Raptor. Also, we'll be uh, joined by some of the Trek radio crew for this broadcast. But, before we get on with all of that, let's talk some business, Elijah. Starting this week, well, right now, in fact, like I mentioned earlier, we are live on TrekRadio.net every Thursday night at 5.30 Pacific Time, 8.30 Eastern Time. Uh, we've always syndicated our shows with, uh, with Trek Radio, uh, but now we will be live every week. Trek Radio has uh, a built-in IRC chat client, so fear not, you will be able to still talk with us and chat with us as we record the show. Um, now our audience is just larger, and uh, we've teamed up, and, it's, and, and, and we're really looking forward to it. Definitely going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, this this should be great. That's uh, uh, you know, the that's one thing that was really awesome about that Vegas convention is we all got to actually you know meet in person and put our heads together and and uh, and looks like some pretty awesome things are coming out. Speaking of Trek Radio, we want to give a, spe- a very special thanks to David for uh, running the broadcast today. As we learn uh, and as we are hand walked into this new endeavor, thank you very much, David. Yeah, there's a lot of new tech to embrace as we go along here, so uh, there might be a few hiccups, bear with us, but uh, within a couple of episodes, we'll have this down to a science, and uh, and uh, it'll be as good as ever, or hopefully better. <laughs> Speaking of PriorityOnePodcast.com, we're currently working on updating the site to help make the end user experience easier. So if you see funny things happening during your visit, don't be alarmed. Also, keep an ear out for our next episode of Trek It Out, featuring an interview with uh, the original series, production legend, Doug Grindstaff. That one is already recorded. We're just uh, uh, waiting on our post-production, and then we'll have it out for everybody to listen to. It's, it's, it's a good one. 
yeah, talking about your legends of the community, I mean, uh, Grind Stuff, wow. I can, the stories he must have is going to be fantastic. That's going to be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, uh, I missed that interview. I was, I was working, but, uh, I can't wait to hear the stories myself. That's going to be great. Um, but moving on, we are expanding. We are exploding. The show is growing up and, uh, it's going from a walk to a run. And as you can see, we're still tripping over our feet just a bit as we do it. Uh, we are adding more and more features to our website. Uh, like the aforementioned guest blog, and we need some help. So if you have ever wanted to be part of a podcast team, please send us your info. We really, really need talented people to help us move along and uh, and help us grow into something really, really special uh, as we take the hands of our friends here at Trek Radio and uh, and, and really learn to uh, fly here. So should be a lot of fun, though, and uh, it's a great way to showcase your talents and get your name out there uh, in case you want to do something more professional with it in the future. So speaking of aggressive expansion, we're looking for an assistant audio engineer as well. This person would be responsible for audio projects under the direction of our chief engineer, Adrienne, on Priority One, Truck It Out, and other as yet unannounced projects. We're also looking for a video editor and director. Uh, we would like to move into the uh, the video capture aspect of Star Trek Online and report on, for instance, foundry missions, et cetera, et cetera. So if you have a talent for video editing and, and media, we strongly recommend that you send us an email at inc to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We're also putting the call out to game, sci-fi, fantasy, and entertainment bloggers. We've already had a few people uh, sign up. You've probably noticed Sordem's doing a column for us. Uh, Sargon the Great is doing a weekly KDF column, which is which is awesome. And uh, we just taught, did some uh, uh, email exchanges over the last few days about that. And there's some awesome stuff coming. So yeah, uh, keep 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 an eye out on on those blogs. And in fact, we've got a couple more. We've got one other, looks like probably a uh, book review uh, column that's coming. And uh, uh, we're in the in talks working that out right now. Uh, but we need more. Uh, we're in need of weekly, possibly daily contributors. We're also looking to bring on board a managing editor. And this is important because right now we're kind of sharing the responsibility uh, for this. Sordem is stepping in a little bit and, and sort of managing it as best, as best he can, but he is spread pretty thin across the entire community. So I don't, I don't know that he's got time to, to really devote to it. So if you're out there and, uh, you are an editor in real life, you've done a lot of editing, you, you know how to manage a team of writers and bloggers, send us your info. We would love to have you on board. We're looking at, uh, probably a five to 10 hour week commitment. Uh, in order to make that happen, is uh, this there enough sorry to go around? I wish. Sorry, he is a talented individual. I gotta say, I gotta give yep. him uh, special thanks for helping me out with uh, helping me literally think outside the box uh, in some <laughs> web development stuff. So, uh, very special thanks to Sorry. He's like uh, the greatest guy. So nice. Yeah, no, it was awesome to meet him at Vegas. I, I absolutely just. And he's genuine. It. You know what yeah, I mean? Like so he cool. he cares. Like he's very yep. emotional and like caring, yep. and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that managing editor uh, would be responsible for managing and publishing the blog submissions on our site, as well as some of the written content for our shows, so some of the news writing, that sort of thing. Awesome. Definitely. Oh, and uh, just a reminder to everybody who's uh, interested, all these positions, at least at this time, are still volunteer. Um, none of us here are taking home any uh, any cash at the moment, uh, although <laughs> in our wildest dreams, somewhere in the future. <laughs> We're not opposed to it. Exactly. <laughs> 
these are volunteer positions, um, but it is a great way to get your name out there um, through a well-known outlet. And, and, and that outlet's only getting better uh, as of today. You know, now we're, we've got the, the voice of uh, Trek Radio behind us too, which is fantastic. And, uh, you know, it'll help you gain the needed experience um, or honing your already established experience. So uh, please, if you've got talents, uh, send them over to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Let us know so we can put them to work and uh, make everybody a little bit better for that. Absolutely. Join our team. All right, gentlemen. Let's set course for this episode's Blank of the Week. Engage. On screen. On screen. On screen. Jordan places. I don't know. It's the Blank of the Week. So a few episodes ago, we talked about the Mission Log podcast, a Roddenberry.com production, which reviews TOS episodes with an eye towards their relevance today. Uh, One of our listeners, Hayden Jones, has brought another great show to our attention, the Gamma Quadrant Podcast. Uh, It reviews DS9 episodes in order of their original air dates, at least as far as we can tell. They have been at it since June of 2009. They are now on episode 174, It's Only a Paper Moon. You might recall that this is the episode where Nog, shaken from his first combat experience uh, as a Starfleet officer and recuperating from his wounds, moves in with Vic Fontaine on Quark's holodeck in order to remove himself from a reality which he has some difficulty dealing with. The Gamma Quadrant has three hosts, Seth Baker, Valerie Loveland, uh, Ryan Reiner, who do a great job of dissecting the episodes and getting to the heart of what the writer's intent was. It is not only a fascinating listen, but occasionally hilarious. I checked it out earlier today um, uh, when I was putting the blank of the week together, and, and, and it's great. I mean, if you like what they're doing over at Mission Log, and you're a DS9 fan, you might want to check. You might want to check out Gamma Quadrant because it's 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 a really really great breakdown. They've got three hosts, all of whom they've got a writer on staff, a couple of other professional types, and and they really know what they're talking about. They've got a wide body of knowledge to draw from uh, uh, when they're talking about those episodes. So I, I definitely picked up a couple of things. Um, for instance, on on 174, they were talking about how the the uh, what's the actor that plays Nog? Anybody remember his name? Aaron uh, Eisenberg. Aaron, there you go. Uh, there we go. Yeah, they were Aaron Eisenberg. They were saying that uh, that that he, um, you know, he hadn't he grew as an actor more in one scene than he did in the, the entire uh, series, and it was in that episode. It's only a paper moon. It's it's there's a scene where he's crying, and that wasn't written into the script. It's just something he ad libbed because he thought it it kind of made sense. And you know, I I loved that episode. I really did. It 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 hit home for me. And it was uh, uh, written by uh, Ron Moore of uh, Battlestar Galactica fame, as well as other other Trek. Um, and uh, yeah, so you pick up little things like that. It's a great show. I absolutely love it, and I will be a regular listener. Fantastic. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, definitely check it out. I mean, um, I've watched all the episodes now. I'm all caught up with uh, all episodes of Star Trek. Um, so I will at some point revisit it. Um, and so I may, I may actually supplement it with these these podcasts, just like Mission Logs. I mean, it's a really nice way of supplementing. You know, when you when you're watching the episodes. Yeah, the the production quality isn't quite at Mission Log level. Um, just as far as the the quality of the mics and and all that, the editing is great. Um, but uh, but it's it's definitely it's about the meat and potatoes, and and that's the show. And I'm a big I'm a huge DS9 fan. I, I wasn't I wasn't when it first aired because I was still you know sore that Next Gen was going down. 
but uh but now years later after rewatching it it's it's easily my second favorite uh in in all of trek so to to hear this it was just it was really awesome so that's gamma quadrant.libsyn.com uh links will be in the show notes and our thanks go out to Hayden Jones for the suggestion have something you think the Stoke community would enjoy knowing about Submit your suggestions for a blank of the week to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Your submission could be the one we pick to highlight on next week's show. So why don't we check out what happened this week in Trek? Incoming transmission. And this week in Trek, we had a couple of uh, some birthdays and some losses and a couple of great moments. So uh, let's start in 1946. Andrew Probert was born. Of course, Andrew designed uh, a couple of the great starships for the Star Trek series. Um, a couple that never saw the light of day, unfortunately. Well, hopefully, maybe a couple of them will see the light of day soon, um, particularly within Star Trek Online. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Um, in 1954, Jeffrey Combs is born. And he, of course, well, he played many, many characters over the years in Star Trek. But my favorite was General Shran uh, on, on Enterprise. I thought he was just the quintessential Andorian. I thought he was just phenomenal. So that, but you know, everybody has their different uh, roles. He was also fantastic on DS9 and, and, and many other, I think he did a couple on next gen too. He's been everywhere. Like I said, but he's a uh, a really fun character actor. He does, he does character acting very well. He is, and uh, but I, I gotta say, Shran was always my favorite hit of, of all the characters. In 1959, we had uh, Merritt Buttrick, who was uh, played Kirk's son in all the uh, original uh, series movies. Um, he did great, well, at least two of them. I think uh, he was in Wrath of Khan, and then the following one, and uh, where he unfortunately his character uh, died. And then uh, in 1966, uh, Gene Roddenberry shows the original version of the TOS series uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before at the annual World Science Fiction Convention in Cleveland, Ohio. This marks the first showing of Star Trek, the original series, to the general public. So this was a big week for Star Trek. I mean, the very first time Star Trek was ever viewed was this week. And obviously it blew up from that one viewing to everything we have today, which is phenomenal. Thank you so much, Mr. Roddenberry. Uh, In 1973... Alex Kurtzman was born. Of course, Alex is one of the writers for the new Star Trek series, the J.J. Abrams. He's uh, done a very great job so far. And uh, finally wrapping up this week, this year, uh, very unfortunate. And, um, you know, it's weird. I found his name in Memory Alpha, though I don't recall him ever being on an episode of Star Trek that I know of, but he may have been. Uh, Of course, everybody probably knows by now we lost Michael Clark Duncan, which was very, very sad. He was a phenomenal actor. And uh, from what I understand, a very, very nice guy in uh, in his regular life, too. So a uh, very sad loss uh, for him. Even if he wasn't in track, I'm, I'm glad we brought it up because uh, he's worth the mentioning. But even though we're ad- ending on that sad note, that does wrap up this week in Trek. So we can now move into some Stow news. Why don't we see what we got? Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. The team at Cryptic has posted another spotlighted Foundry mission. This week's feature is Ractagino in a Jar by Drogon1701. The faction Klingon. Level requirement 16+. Mission summary. Taking a Ferengi captain's stash of gold-pressed latinum seems like a good idea, right? Think again. Accused of murder most foul, you must navigate the Ferengi legal system in a, and a prison full of psychotics to find to finally get free of the mess you created. 
an awesome foundry mission here we go spotlighted so be sure to log into the game check it out again the mission is by drogan 1701 d-r-o-g-y-n 1701 foundry challenge number four voting cryptic has posted four foundry challenges since the inception of the program if you're not familiar with the concept cryptic sto community manager brand flakes describes it as follows these challenges will be posted every nine to ten weeks which includes six weeks to make your mission three weeks for the community to play through all the missions and cast a one official vote for the winner at the end of three weeks of playthrough and voting a winner based on a simple majority of votes will be announced and awarded 1000 sto promo points for the c store uh, parenthetically, he says, enough to also purchase additional foundry slots through the Dilithium Exchange if the winner so chooses, and earn a guaranteed spot as a future foundry spotlight mission. The missions are designed around a central theme in order to remove some of the subjectivity of the contest. The concept for the fourth foundry challenge was ancient treasures. While investigating a 1,000-year-old derelict ship, you discover something in this ancient treasure so truly wondrous that it would inspire any starship officer to never look at the stars in the same way again. The post lists the missions in contention and the rules for voting. Once you have played through them, please send an in-game mail to at PWE underscore Brand Flakes, uh, STO's community manager, with the mission you feel should win this month's challenge. I was looking through the list there, and, and with the exception of Kirkfad, it looks like there's a lot of new names uh, in contention, which is kind of nice because it's you know when you're talking about Foundry, there's such a core Foundry community that that really knows what they're doing and tell phenomenal stories and and exciting and interesting new ways and really kind of push the game in ways that surprises the devs uh, more often than not. Um, it's just it's nice to see that there's new names uh, that people are actively picking up the Foundry toolset and and doing something with it because I really think it's 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 one of the best features of the game and uh, I've messed with it myself. I am not a Foundry author or creator. Um, uh, I think I could, but I just you know I I spend that time making the show instead. So, um, but uh, but I'm I I've played with it enough to know how impressive it is when people do amazing missions, and all of these promise to be to be amazing. So be sure to head over and take a quick read of the mission descriptions, and then log into game and cast your vote. Most definitely, the foundry is awesome, and the people that can have the patience and the understanding to take all those tools and make the missions they make huge respect and i would love love to be able to do that myself but that sounds like a lot of work so <laughs> season six dev blog number 26 uh was what we're going to cover next it says once again we are treated to a featured starbase mission from the deck of scott gochart and uh, he's our lead content designer, of course, for Star Trek Online. And Scott writes in his blog, Our next spe special feature is the history and movement. While the Federation has been moving steadily into the future, they've always found it important to stop and take a look back at the past, remembering the important events along the way that led them to where they are today. Klingons also find great honor in their advances and celebrate with glorious banners and symbols of the Empire. Upon completion of this special project, your Starbase's interior decoration will be improved. Klingons will hang banners and upgrade their transporter area, while members of Starfleet will acquire panels depicting the history of the Enterprise. This special project will be available on, as of, actually it's already going today, as of uh, 10 a.m. this morning, September 6th, and it'll be going until around 10 a.m. Uh, uh, Pacific Daylight Time on September 20th. So, 
make sure and uh, if you guys are in a fleet, get that project done so you can have those awesome uh, features on your base, whether it be Klingon or Federation. And uh, they're really nice, too. The pictures look really good. Um, I was pretty impressed. I noticed that Thomas the Cat had a little uh, something to do with this. He posted over on Facebook today uh, a couple of uh, thumbnails and different things, and he, he asked, uh, some of the Enterprise images I made for Stowe's newest fleet Starbase special project. Completing this project unlocks a series of pictures showcasing ships named Enterprise throughout history. These images were uh, created by taking in-game screenshots of the starships, composing uh, that with a background, and then uh, processing them in Photoshop to make them look like they were drawings done in a pastel or uh, you know some other type of uh, like maybe crayon or something. The notable exception is the Enterprise C, which was taken from a screenshot of the uh, Next Generation episode yesterday's Enterprise. So, uh, pretty interesting work. Some some neat tweeting from Thomas the Cat, kind of finding out how these things come together. And uh, man, I really look forward to uh, seeing that on my base. I, I really wanna really wanna check that out because it looked great in the pictures. So so uh, hurry up, SSOG, get that done. <laughs> Actually, our, our fleet's doing really good. I'm really proud of them right now. We uh, we're just finishing up our our Tier three uh, uh, fleet shipyard, and then uh, we'll, we'll have our tier three exterior and all that kind of stuff flipping over right now. And, and these guys are just—they've been phenomenal. They're just really cracking away, and I'm super proud of them. So, great job, guys. So, right. Stowe joined uh, Raptor today, Elijah. Um, uh, yes, that's right. So you may have noticed that since Cryptic joined up with Perfect World, we have been introduced to a few third-party marketing companies and services, most notably the Peanut Lab survey and, and offers which grant the user in-game currencies for their participation and for sharing personal and demographic data. The newest partnership is with Raptor. Now, Raptor is a social networking website and computer program client uh, targeted towards video game players. The company was founded by Dennis Fong, co-founder of Xfire in 2007. Remember Xfire? People still use Xfire? I think people still actually use Xfire. I used it for about a month back when, and, and I haven't gone back. I know that the company has changed hands a couple times. Viacom bought it, and then they sold it to somebody else, Titan Gaming or something like that. I think I had that once back in my college years, but they gave me some antibiotics and it went away. <laughs> Rub some cream on it, son. On the website, users add video games to their profile, as well as track gameplay time and achievements, share reviews, game-related information, and game activity. Raptor lets users publish their gaming accomplishments to sites like Twitter, Plurk, FriendFeed, and Facebook. The partnership offers in-game incentives to participate. Here are your Raptor rewards. Players ranked newbie or above will earn the holodeck bundle for one of their characters. It contains a consumable item that grants 2,500 XP, a pack of 5,000 raw dilithium, random rare purple tiered weapons, space or ground, a pack of random self-dual consumables, a pack of random team dual consumables. Players ranked experience or above will earn captain's crit a captain's critter pet for all existing and future characters. The pet is an exclusive non-combat Mugato named Gumato. Once eligible for one of the above rewards, you will receive a notification from Raptor telling you to claim the reward. It's actually a code that you visit StarTrekOnline.com, log into your account, and click on the Redeem Key link. Enter the key you received from Raptor, and ta-da! The awesome rewards show up in your C-Store under the Items tab. Uh, 
I just want to talk a little bit about the rewards. I, is it me or does it seem like the newbie is better than the experienced? I don't want a Mugato pet. I'd rather have some items. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big pet fan in any game. Um, yeah. I, I, Especially I never, a non-combat. Well, right, yeah, because yeah, they're not they're they're good for nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they just float well, there next to you, looking goofy or whatever. Right. I mean, okay, they're good for nothing to us, but I, I mean, they're I've yeah, certainly some people known really players who are crazy stuff. for pets. They love to collect them. They oh, like yeah. to have them around. Sometimes they're good for RP purposes. I get oh, all that. Not. You know, for me, <laughs> yeah, gotta get them all. Uh, for me, they're not huge. I mean, I just no, you know, in fact, when I get them in game. Uh, I sell them if I can. Otherwise, they wind up in the bank and until I need to delete them for space. Pretty much. Yeah, I'd, I would much rather have items. The five thousand dilithium is pretty sweet, though, and the rare, yes. the rare uh, tiered weapons, nice for people mm-hmm. who don't have good weapons. Anyway, I mean, they're yep. worthless to me, but I could sell it. Um, you know, the, the consumables, eh? Yeah, consumables can be useful now and then, um, but I think the dilithium alone is worth it. Really. You think that's well, a Mark I Twelve guess... weapon in that box? <laughs> Well, it's just tiered. So, I mean, I don't know. I, Tier I, three. I'm, 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 honestly, I'm guessing it's not going to be above 11, but you never know. You never well, know. I guess I guess if you're a newbie, you get that. And then once you reach experience, you get that. So, like, I just logged into my Raptor account. And according to Raptor, I am hardcore. So, oh, that's I'm, right. You use this. I used to use it, and then I just logged in today to see what was going on. Wait, back in the day, you know, it was the remedy for X Fire. I saw it, and it seemed interesting. And then I was really disappointed because it's not. It, yes, it's it's aimed for gamers, but what I don't like about Raptor is that it's not it's not trillion, it's not pigeon. You know, you can't log into all of your chat clients through this one program. And that's what I really wanted. I wanted something that would log me into my. Uh, Xbox Live account that would log me into my Steam account, but this doesn't do it. It does it. Uh, it only does games. It does like your Xbox. Your um, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, it does these game yeah, accounts, game consoles it, and PC. But it doesn't. It doesn't do aim. It does. It didn't do aim. It didn't do um. What was the other one? Like Yahoo. Now it seems to do it. Now it seems that they've updated it. I'm looking at it right now. You can add your aim. You can add Yahoo. You can add MSN, Google Talk, and Facebook. So they have improved it and the chat protocol. So that's cool. And I may end up switching over to Raptor just for Star Trek Online. Is there is there any reason other than the rewards Hon- to do honestly, that? I mean, what's... Well, that's the thing. Honestly, I'll honestly. go with them and then cancel. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, Dang says it best in the live chat. Unless the reward is a Mark 30 ultraviolet ground rifle, I probably won't do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, I understand. But, you know, hey, if I can claim 5,000 dilithium and then cancel an account, sure. You know, other than that, I'm not, and I mean, it's probably different. I don't want to make this sound like it's a bad thing. It's probably great for people who really love the game and track their accolades and their scores against everyone else and see where they really rank against, like, on a national or international scale or whatever, you know. But I think for for the casual gamer, especially the casual gamer who's really only gaming in Star Trek Online and not, like, a million console games and stuff, I don't really see it being worth the time other than, like I said, to go and claim your dilithium and then cancel. You know, I've, I've never used Raptor, but I, like I said, I did use X-Fire for like a month or two. And, and the one thing I did appreciate about it is that a lot of my friends at the time that I was gaming with had, they used their X-Fire plate uh, as their signature on the forums. So yeah, I, yeah. I could keep track of what they're playing. 
So I know that, okay, if Jeff is playing a lot of whatever it was back then, uh, Counter-Strike or whatever, you know, maybe I'm going to pick up Counter-Strike again and get up to speed so that I can jump in with him next time we're on together. You know, I, I found, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, whether I, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm sharing enough of my personal information across the web. I just, I, I, I might be hitting my saturation point. Yeah. Definitely. Well, what other crazy things happened in uh, our Raptor chat today? There were some other good questions. Not only, uh, it, well, to help promote the lo- the new partnership with Raptor, Cryptic put together a Q&A session uh, with none other than executive producer Dan Stahl. And there were a ton of great questions and answers, and uh, we've, we've chosen to highlight a few of them. Uh, actually, there's also a great forum post that really consolidate all these questions. It was it's really nice. We'll put, of course have links in the show notes. Elliot, why don't you go ahead and start with one of the questions that tickled your sure. fancy? Uh, Anna Zonda, uh, who ranks as experienced in Star Trek Online, can you talk to the web team about creating an API for web pages that allows us to display fleet-based status and other cool things like that? Dan responds by saying, "Absolutely, something we want to see happen over the next year as the STO web team spools up." So we've all heard that they're they're going to be doing some hiring. They've said it over in the last few interviews, um, and apparently they're going to hire on for the web team. So if you're a web dev, get your app, get your uh, resumes in there. Um, the uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, an API. So we might see something like uh, Warcraft's Armory or uh, uh, something along those lines. Where you know, I mean, it'd be Fallen Earth actually had this thing where you could monitor. Because it had real-time crafting, you could monitor your crafting and switch your your crafting queue via your mobile device, which which is awesome if you're talking four-hour timer on crafting. You know, yeah. So I, I I would love to see something like that. Any kind of well, Elijah, you've talked a lot about uh, mobile apps for for STO. This should excite you. Well, very much so. I mean, uh, you know, I know that they've said that they're working on it, um, but uh, the the duty officer system is, is, a, is a great example of, of an in game totally feature that should that, that should translate very well onto a mobile environment. It's just you know, right now tablets and smartphones are are the gaming platforms right now. It, any you know, MMOs of course will always have their place, and consoles will always have their place, but people are mobile. The technology is moving to mobile, and it's important that companies. I'm, it's echoing back on me, and it's distracting me. It's important that companies understand the the uh, the impact that that a mobile platform can have. So I'm hoping that Cryptic will sooner rather than later put something out there for the iPhone, for Android, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, definitely. The the duty officer system's begging for a mobile app. I mean, that that thing's just dying for a mobile app. Um, but there's there's another one too that I'm pretty excited about. Um, actually, it's not even really for me. It's just because I know we have uh, so many other people that use uh, carrier pets on either their new Akira's or or actual bigger carriers vacations and stuff now. But uh, somebody did ask when we're getting the carrier pet status window, um, you know, for their uh, for their ships. And and Dan did go on to say that this is on our UI wish list, but isn't on any of our near-term schedules. If we can get to it, we will. But that's nice to hear that it's on on the list, at least, so that uh, it's being thought about. Because I know a lot of people have really asked for that. A lot of people. I want to shout out Matt Miracle's question. It's the first one on this batch on the uh, on the Star Trek forums. And, and Matt asked, Dan, if you could go back in time when you were first working on Stowe, 
via slingshot, guardian of forever, Bepi 113, or other time-traveling method, what would you tell yourself to do differently with Stowe? For this exercise, assume no temporal, no temporal prime directive or any universe-ending paradoxes. Dan replies, love the time travel reference. I would tell myself to focus less on trying to have MMO feature parity with other MMOs, meaning X number of gameplay hours, X number of features, and simply focus on all things that make Stowe unique and, quote-unquote, Star Trek. That uh, I... <laughs> Go ahead. I'm going to say that, uh, yes, yes, it'd be nice that, uh, to have a more focused Star Trek feel to the game. But at the same time, it's an MMO. And now, now it's free to play, you know? Uh, I think you, there are some core fundamental features that you always have to go for in an MMO. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be honest when, even when Perpetual was working on the game, never for a moment did I think that it was going to be a wow killer. You know, I, I, I never imagined that, that even with the existing Star Trek fan base, that it would, it would get big enough to, to do those kind of numbers. And I, I, I mean, you, I'm sure there were people on the team hoping that, but there must have been some MBA over there saying, no, guys, it's probably not going to happen. So I kind of, you know, I got to, I'm down with Dan on that one because, you know, I, you know, let me preface by saying I, I, you know, I was initially hoping, hoping, for the perpetual game, which was a bridge simulator like Artemis that we covered last uh, last, last episode in, in Blank of the Week. That's not to say that they didn't do a phenomenal job with this game, because uh, you know I'm still here two and a half years later. You know I'm deeply involved in 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 the podcast and in community. I'm playing it all the time. You know I mean this I love this game. I really really do. Um, and the fact that they only had two years to work on. A game, a property, a, a title that really should have taken seven years, you know, five anyway, to do it justice is it's remarkable that they were able to do what they did. But I think especially today in the MMO climate, uh, in the MMO market, you can't try to mimic other games because every other game is trying to mimic other games and, and it becomes a, like a groupthink thing and, and, Pretty soon you're building in features nobody cares about because everybody else is building in features nobody cares about. And, you know, having a more of a Star Trek flavor in the game, uh, you know, spending a little more time trying to develop things like a, a, a robust diplomacy system. Because, I mean, you know, yes, we have one, but I don't feel like a diplomat. I feel like a spreadsheet manager when I play it, you know. Um, I don't know. What do you think? You're right. Honestly, um, <laughs> no, it, you're, no, it's true. It's and true, that's episode 95, folks. That's, yeah, that's episode 95. Um, no, it cannot be a cookie cutter MMO and, and it has to be Star Trek that sets it apart from, from the rest of the, of the gang. And honestly, we've seen, we've, we've had instances that MMOs come out that are the cutting, the bleeding edge, <coughs> Conan, uh, that <laughs> failed. You know, right. uh, you know, these these games had amazing graphic engines and were buggy <coughs> Conan. And even uh, what the hell? What what was the name of that? The MMO that came out that was supposed to break all rules for MMOs. Um, Secret World. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, before Secret World. Um, Rift. Rift. Yes. Yes. What happened to Rift? Uh, it's still going and it's it's going strong enough for them. But, yeah. you know, I played beta and I even bought it when it was on a Steam sale. 
And I got to say, it's it's basically a WoW clone to me. I mean, it really is. I, I'm sure I'm going to, you know, flame, flame me, Elliot at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Go for it. Um, but, you know, I played the crap out of it. I got a bunch of characters, and I've got friends who deeply love that game. And I just don't see it. It just, it you know, it's less cartoony than WoW, which is awesome. The graphics are better, and the soul system is interesting. But um, but it, it's just not, you know... When I left it, I never looked back, and I still get emails, and and I, you know, I'm just not. But interested. it's it's still just a bunch of lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Yeah, right, exactly. It's still mages <laughs> and warriors banging it out, and right. and you know, chasing quest markers, with, you know, uh, and quest NPCs with little dinghies over their head. Right. You know. I think honestly, when it boils down to it, uh, Star Trek Online, no matter what, was even though it had its bumps, launched as a as a pretty solid game compared to other MMOs that have launched. <laughs> Conan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I take it you were disappointed. Yeah, I was disappointed with Conan. Uh, Secret World is another uh, another good example. Secret World had a great premise uh, and has a strong story arc. I have a lot of friends that are playing it, and I played the beta, and I played a little bit uh, now at launch, and it's got great voiceover, great cinematics, but the game is buggy as, as, as all, all shiznit. Um, <laughs> that's not to say that Star Trek doesn't have its bugs, but it's a right. playable game that I can You're go in and enjoy. Right. And I'm not, you know, every time I go in, I'm not going, ah, this stupid bug. I can't finish this mission. Yes, it happens sometimes. But mm-hmm. it doesn't happen enough to be a, like you said, game breaking. Uh, I think Stowe's a solid game. And I think that for two and a half years now, uh, that that length of time without a foreseeable end is really good. I don't think anybody really made any, I don't think anybody made any industry mistakes, terrible industry mistakes no. with Star Trek Online. You know, and Cryptic isn't a company that releases its numbers like a lot of a lot of MMO companies will. We've got a million and a half. We've got ten million. You know, I mean that Cryptic has never done that, um, and that's that's their you know that's that's their choice. It's a business. They get to run it how they want and release what info they want. Um, you know, but it leaves people to speculate on on populations and all and all that. And I gotta say, especially since free to play, uh, you know, it's busy. Yep, it is yep. busy. Every time I warp into a system, there's you know max players in that system. Doesn't matter. You know what, what I have found uh, is that even it's it is free to play and there are more players. But when I join a pug, let's say for a fleet action, mm-hmm. um, I'm not getting very many social people. It's still very kind of on your own. Like lone we're all star. soloing together. Yeah, like we're all soloing together. Yeah, pretty much. You know, like I'll be like, hey guys, how's it going? And nobody's answering. I think that's based on the type of play, though. It's not like you have a lot of time to to type stuff to each other when you're like phasers, torpedoes, bomb, uh, exit to shields, and uh, you know energy to here and and this like nah, it, I can it, barely it, it, type anything animal. out. You know what I mean? It's like it, well, it, they do have voiceover in game, which should help. Yeah, but, but not a lot only... of people have that, and the few people that do yeah. have noticed don't use it right or don't use it well or yeah, have know, poor quality. Only, you know what I mean? Because the only when, time I hear it go off, it's it's somebody yelling at their cat. Right. Well, exactly. And so, like, within our fleet, we have our own, like, TeamSpeak stuff. And, like, when we get on and use it, it's great. That's It's totally social, and we have fun, and we play, and we do all that, and it's the way it should be. Um, but I don't think the in-game chat system is utilized correctly um, or well or right, or some people just don't even know how to use it. A lot of people are in this game just because they love Star Trek, not because they're gamers. They don't know how to use all these different uh, chat systems and all stuff. This game is a complicated game. Um, you know, and I'm saying this is a first-time MMO person, 
this is my first MMO. And, and I mean, thank God I've been here since day one. Otherwise, if I was to step in today and there's twice as many things to manage as there were when the game started, mm-hmm. I would be totally lost. And I'm, yep. I mean, it takes months and months, you know, almost a year just to learn how to control all the options, all the different systems that you're running, keeping track of and training people and gear. and all. I mean, there's a ton of stuff to know. You know, and then like voice chat, whatever, that comes last, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily I, I don't think know. it speaks about the community being, uh, you know, non-social or anything. I think it's just a symptom of the type of gameplay and, and like I said, the amount of things being managed at any given time by what kind of player they are being mostly, I think, casual players. I don't know. I don't know about that because, uh, you know, I've played games like like a, a team-heavy MMO, let's say, for instance, like the sadly dead City of Heroes, um, where you had to join a team all the time. And, you know, you were, I made friends. Every, you know, every time I walked in there, I felt like, and, and joined a, a, a pug, mm-hmm. uh, I felt like I, you know, made a new contact that I could, yeah. if I logged on again, I'd be able to play with again. And that was, that you was- know, that was a fairly fat, fast-paced game. That was yeah. a really social community, also a, mm-hmm. a cryptic game, cryptic's original game, um, and yeah. and yeah, same thing. It's I pl- I played the heck out of that game, and and you know it was absolutely everywhere you went. People wanted to be friends. They wanted to get together. I mean, like any community, there's a few rotten apples in the bunch, but the vast majority of people were actively together. You know, what game was this? City, City of, Heroes. of Heroes. Oh well, you know. Part of a superhero's job to be Mr. Friendly <laughs> right. and nice to kids and well, kiss what, babies uh, and fart yeah. rainbows, you know. What about Federation officers? Right, yeah. <laughs> Not ah. Federation officers in war. Did you ever watch DS9? It was like the, the darkest series ever. Yeah, that's true. Well. Uh, yeah, see, it's not all handshakes and rainbows when, when <laughs> you know, you're at war. It's a different scenario. So, there we go. Well, we're getting, we're get, we're getting pretty far away. From, yeah, we are. Um let's let's bring it back in we've got another question that uh piqued our interest from steel magnum where is the ground pvp on the to-do list and d star replies ground pvp is ways off looking at gameplay data most people are currently playing space pvp and so it was the first on the to-do list for a revamp and something that gozer and now dodds is responsible for once we make some headway with space pvp then we can consider moving to ground pvp and developing something that is reminiscent of a battleground. We have a long-term goal to get that type of gameplay into Stowe, because it is sorely missing. Now, PvP is uh, something that we discussed with uh, in previous episodes, and Dan Stahl's take on it, which is um, we're not going to see it in-game until it really deserves to be in the game, and right mm. now it doesn't. You know, Right now it just does not deserve to be in the game, and I like that mentality. If it's not up to snuff, then why bother having it in the, in the game? Well, let's let's before we get into that debate, why don't we why don't we drop in why don't we jump on the bombshell one? Uh, MavGeek uh, posted in the Raptor. Uh, now that Gozer is no longer with Cryptic, you said at Star Trek Las Vegas that a new guy was quote being brought up to speed end quote on where Gozer left off on his complete overhaul on PvP gameplay. It's been over two and a half years since we've seen actual content added for PvP with. Gozer gone is the quote unquote new guy who is taking over his role, and it sounds like he just answered who that was, Chris Dodds, right? Right. Um, the new guy who is taking over his role is he able to keep up with the changes Gozer was making, and will be will he be able to keep us up to Update. date 
uh, weekly on the pace of PPP changes like Gozer was. Dstall's response was, Gozer was, an aw- was awesome in that he would keep players up to date on what he was working on. That said, PvP isn't going to change significantly anytime soon. We are looking into changes that will improve it, but as you mentioned, it hasn't seen anything new for a long time. Wish I had better news, but this is the reality of where it is at for the time being, until we can get some serious manpower to tackle it. That said, I can't imagine us raising the skill cap without resolving this once and for all. So I know we've got a lot, I've personally seen a lot of tweets, a lot of Facebooks, a lot of emails to the show about what's the status of PvP, can we get some news on that. Every time I've contacted Cryptic about a guest or setting something up, I always make sure to throw that in there. Is there anyone that can speak to PvP yet? And uh, it's there's been a whole lot of nothing coming back on that front. Um, but this, this, I think, answers it pretty conclusively for the short term anyway. And that's fine. I, I've never, in any MMO, I've never been a huge PvPer, quite honestly. Uh, but that's me. But that's me. That's me. That's me. Right. Um, so I think there's there's obviously a lot of interest out there in PvP, and and I love PvP and other MMOs and other games. I mean, I, I I go for PvP more often than once I've leveled up and done all of the the mission chains and everything else. Then then usually I'll I'll turn to PvP because I just I find it so thrilling. And and I gotta say, when the game first came out, my initial thought was, yes, I get to square off a real against a real live player uh you know in a starship and and uh and it's still fun i mean people talk about sto pvp like it's it's just the bane of our existence but you know it's it's good it's it's uh it's definitely uh you know it's still fun to play yeah it could be better but and i was really hoping that with gozer on it and and you know whoever his replacement was that that they were really going to turn it around and do something that uh that has that that has real real teeth, but but it sounds like we're not going to see that anytime soon. Quote. Well, like I said, as long as it's their work, their I'm glad that his mentality is. I'd rather not have it in the game unless yeah. it's functional, and that's good. That's good. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean that's it, it. It's better to wait for the for the real deal than than have some band aid put on it. Um, but boy, I can't wait for the real deal. Ooh, I like this one little last question from uh, Stefan Valrick. What is it? stance of the development team towards paid stow expansions Destal replied we are not fans of paid content expansions we have been staffing up so we could do something along the lines of content expansion in the future without needing to charge for it not saying we will never do it but rather that you might see something similar without a cost well i guess i'm not paying 60 dollars for anything Woo! <laughs> i guess not that one's out <laughs> All right, why don't we go ahead and move on to other Stow news. Don't forget, guys, you can check out the rest of this Q&A on uh, the Star Trek online forums. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. Uh, special thanks and shout-out to Dire Phoenix for putting this together. I love that there's already chats going on in the IRC that, uh, you know, Dang's like, oh, well, they should change PvP by splitting the skills tree, split the skill trees up, you know, have a PvE uh, skill tree and a PvP uh, skill tree and then other people are going no I like both and other people are going, you know it's everyone's got an opinion it's it's great that you know it's the community's really interested in that but moving on to our next piece of news speaking of of something that doesn't have teeth anymore the Tholian lockbox <laughs> is finally going away um, the cryptic is pulling those teeth out um, although I have to say so far the Tholian lockbox has been the best of the lockbox series so 
uh, good job on this. Hopefully the next one will be even better. Um, this is the last chance, they're calling it, to get your Tholian lockboxes. They're on their way out. The uh, Lobby Crystal Consortium, a wholly owned subsidiary of Cork Enterprises, has announced that they are no longer going to be offering the Tholian lockbox as an in-game drop and rewards as of Thursday, September 20th, around 10 p.m. Pacific Standard, or I'm sorry, 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. Now is your opportunity to open one of these boxes up for a chance at those spectacular prizes that they hold. So the big question, obviously, is how long until they're replaced by the next drop box, and what will it be? Will it be a Tholian one? Will it be a Romulan drop box? Will it be a Riemann drop box? Will it be a Ferengi drop box? Will it be uh, who knows? You know, so that's the next big question. What Dropbox will come next, and what treasures will they hold? I'm we'll hoping have to for wait the Romulan. That would be cool, I think. Romulan would be cool, but I, you I never think, know. I think that's a great way, and I know people disagree, but I, I think that's a great way to get the Romulans into the game side. Yes, because I would most definitely fly my uh, my Romulan battle cruiser around for sure. I would have yep. good good time. Yeah, that would get me to buy a lot box. I would definitely yep. buy. It's not actually. Yep. I'm trying to think of the the class. It's um, the one that the Valdor was in in Nemesis. Um, Deirdex. The Deirdex, no. yeah. No, the Deirdex is, okay. is the big one. No, the Deirdex the is the big one. one. Yeah. It's uh, starts with an M, I think. I think it's. Uh, uh, come on, guys! Mo Live chat, help Mo. me out. Yeah, it starts with an an M. Mogai, Mogai class, Mogai, Mogai, Mogai. Yeah. So yeah, it is Mogai. Yep. So that that's we're getting confirmation there. But uh, that I would I love that ship. I think that it's just a beautiful ship. I think it is the sexiest Romulan ship they've ever had. And if I could get my hands on one of those to fly in game, I most definitely would. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they've already said at the convention that season seven is leading into a big Romulan story arc again with the new uh, Romulan homeworld and everything. So there's a very good chance that the next set of lockboxes will be tied to uh, to the Romulans. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait to and see. I I yeah. totally want myself a Mogwai starship. Mogwai. <laughs> what? Yeah, you can't you can't get Elliot's or Elijah's starship. But yeah, don't feed it after midnight. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, I think that's it for Stone News. So maybe this is a good time to bring on our broadcast partners from Trek Radio, DJ Risa and David. Security clearance level three or above is required to access files. This is Captain Benjamin Sisko. Authorization Sisko Alpha One Alpha. Logs accessed. So uh, welcome to our Trek Radio hosts, DJ Risa and uh, DJ David. Hello. <laughs> Kapla, fellow warrior. Finally, someone I can talk to that shares fire in our hearts. That's just I, gas. We could, we could share the prune juice. <laughs> yes, prune juice will true. flow freely. Um, guys, I have a burning lust for victory. Also, no, it's just because oh. you ate the. It's okay. just because you ate the gah. It, it does that. It gives you heartburn. It's not really a burning lust. It's just yeah. Oh, got milk, blood wine mugs. That's funny. Nice. First, thank you so much for uh, for hosting Priority One now Thursday nights at eight thirty Eastern. I think it's great. People get to hear all the behind the scenes and the. <laughs> it's like watching a movie, and then during the credits, you get to see all the outtakes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what live radio is. It is, totally you know, whether you flub it or or you sound like you've been doing it for you know, twenty five years, it's it's awesome to watch. It's you like didn't have trick. to be all subliminal with your James and Elijah remarks right there. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you flub it or you do it perfectly, you know, you know I'm just saying. 
It could happen. <laughs> Not at all. You guys are doing great. You guys are doing great. Well, for for our party and, and, one listeners who I'm sorry, go ahead, David. Well, I was going to say that was the, that's the fun part because I have went over to uh, the live stream and I've you know tuned in and joined the chat room for Priority One Live and it is fun to see the outtakes and the bloopers and you know the the banter back and forth and then we we do we have been uh, syndicating Priority One mm-hmm. and that's the you know the, the final product the polished edited recorded version of it and that's been popular but. You know, it's definitely good to have, introduce more people to the live craziness and the, the yeah. fun of li- live Priority One. Well, you yeah, guys, it was funny and enjoyable. Are you sure you had the right uh, what you know channel? <laughs> it, it, it sure was us. I mean, it might have been Howard Stern or something. I don't know. Yeah, this is like the well, green the room. Blood, the, the blood wine helped. There, oh, there you go. <laughs> Everything's a little uh, better with Tommy Linnell. If it's Howard Stern, then pretty soon we're all going to be on the Nerdist channel, which is awesome. That's what, yeah, I was going to say it. That's a win-win. I know. D- does that pay? Does it- <laughs> Nerdist does. <laughs> He's all, not to be superficial, but... Not to, right, but, uh, right, you know, man's got to okay. eat. Yeah, Even if it is gah. <laughs> Especially with that gun in your avatar. Right. Don't piss off, Elliot. <laughs> She's so nervous about my gun, James. It's, it's a it's a seventeenth century Scottish matchlock. It's not it's even hot though because it's, it's, it's like it's, it's just like flying right at me. I'm like, no. it's, it's it's worse than black powder. It's going to take him five years to reload, so don't even sweat right. it. And I, chances I, of him hitting you if he points it dead right. on point blank are like one in twelve. Like seriously, I, they they were they were. But I think I've totally squirreled your show. We're all talking about guns. They have. Oh, well, yeah. You, you got a military guy going, but they, they don't that's even right. have that's rifling. Why, Forget that's it. Why They're we not have accurate. Post-production. That's right. <laughs> this will be in the bloopers. <laughs> so, okay, so okay, yeah. Back on track for our, for our priority one listeners who are not regular Trek Radio members uh, or or listeners. Can you can you describe a little bit about you know what? Trek Radio does what? What's the you know what's what's your mission statement? What what do you uh, where's where's your place in the greater Trek universe? You know, I mean, it, it sounds corny, but it goes back to what Gene Roddenberry, what his vision was with Star Trek, which was you know kind of have infinite diversity, infinite possibilities, that type of thing. We had just, we know so many people in the community that are so talented and we thought, why isn't there just one place to go to have all of this where we can listen to it and enjoy it and have our own little piece of the pie? And so over two years ago, it was like um, two years and three months ago, uh, Zach Nicodemus started Trek Radio and, and recruited a lot of us that were doing podcasts and then recruited some of us as, as DJs and we started a 24 hours a day, seven days a week, live radio, just like what you hear in your car, except it's on the internet. So you can listen to it on your, on your tablet, or your iPad, or your Android. You can listen to it when you're sitting at your computer playing Star Trek online, and you really get to have more of a say in what you listen to. We do play, you know, top 40 music, but we also have great podcasts like yours where people can interact and they can talk about the exciting thing, like the Q and A, you guys that happened today, and you guys are already talking about it, and people are going crazy, and it's really neat just to be able to have more of an imprint on what's going on in this community, um, so that even if you start out a fan, you then become part of the canon of the thing that you love. And so many people in this community have demonstrated that. You know, Larry Nemechek, 
started out as a fan mm-hmm. back in the 80s, writing his stuff. And Gene saw the episode guides he was writing and said, we need to get that guy on our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have done some great interviews and met some of the the great actors like Walter Koenig. Uh, we have artists like Adam Isle, who now one of his ship designs. He's part of Canon. He's part of Canon now. It, it's just really Terry Lynn over mm-hmm. at uh, G&T show. You know, she's been written in as a character into the books because she became a fan mm-hmm. of reading Star Trek novels and got to know the authors. It's just really neat to become part of the thing that you love and be more than just a fan. Actually be part of it. And that's kind of the community we want to build here at the radio station is to have something that is live every single day that you can shape and change so that it's your own thing. You can take ownership of it. It's not my radio station. It's ours. And that's, that's, I think totally cool. And by the way, with all the canon, you're getting back on guns again, but um, you know, moving beyond that, I mean, it it is, we, we always felt, I mean, we've been this growing show since we came on and it was like, you know, it seemed like such a big deal then when we started when I was just a listener and, and then, when I became a host, it kept growing and growing and growing. And it's like we started out as that little town in Alaska that had like a cat um, for a mayor for 15 years. I'm not joking. There was really a town. Yeah, there was really a town in Alaska that had a cat as its mayor for 15 years. I'm not joking. Um, you know, so but, but all of a sudden, you know, I, I feel like we're we're becoming this, the big city, you know, like it's we're just growing up and, and uh, you know, we're we're making friends. And, 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 you know, now we're working with you guys. And, and it's like you said, we're becoming part of this. A uh, larger thing, not just not just you know somebody who's who's tagging along for the ride anymore, but actually a part of it, and it's been just amazing. I mean, I couldn't possibly sift through all the stuff that happens, not just in Star Trek or just in Star Trek Online, but just in the science fiction fantasy community in general. I couldn't sift through all this information. So by tuning into your show, I get to find out what's going on with Star Trek Online. By tuning into David's show, I get to find out about Klingon stuff. Like, it's really great that I get to hear all kinds of stuff by listening to different people in the community, and I only have to go to one spot to check it out. It, it makes it neat rather than trolling through the World Wide Web by myself. Yeah, speak, speaking of uh, uh, David, so David, what, so could you both describe what, what your roles are here, just for folks who don't know? Go ahead, David. Yeah, and, Talk to yeah definitely. And, um, and, uh, I definitely wanted to say I, uh, I I came into Trek Radio after it was already going, so I just you know to digress slightly, and I I loved it. I was just wanted to be a part of it as a you know a listener, a community member. Then I we we accept DJ applications, so I applied and they accepted me for some weird reason, and then uh, just went on from there. And I've just always you know loved being a part of Trek Radio, and was happy that they're you know included me and given me all these opportunities. And so I, I appreciate what it is you know not just because i'm part of it but it, you know the place in the in the world that it has you know we've made strides that are you know very awesome and it's just you know more great things to come and from so for me i started as one of the djs i basically just had my one year anniversary um in july it was was my one year uh, being Congrats. with trek radio and i thank you and it's definitely been a fun fun ride and it's um but i started as a dj doing a, a music show and I have been a crazy Klingon fan all my life or, you know, all, uh, basically all my life. I grew up with Trek since the seventies 
And so I figured I could play music, you know, everybody, every DJ gets to pick their own music. And so I would pick my variety of music, but then I figured I could bring some Klingon, you know, perspective and language and, you know, some fun with that. And then, so that, that got really good response because there wasn't really a Klingon host or a Klingon show. And, you know, I know there's a, a big part of the community that is, you know, fanatical about Klingons, but then look at so much of it that is, you know, mainly Federation focused. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wondered how, how would that fit? Would there be, get support? I hadn't met anyone just... that taught themselves Klingon until I met David. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> it blew me away. Yeah. And, and we're few and far between, but they are out there. And so that's why I wondered what would the, the fans, the listeners, how many Klingon fans would really be out there and respond to the show. And so I did get good responses. And so that just was just, you know, kept fueling my fire. So I, I kept going. And then uh, later on, a few months later, I was, you know, so dedicated to Trek radio that I wanted to, you know, not just make it a hobby thing, but I wanted, you know, for me personally, but as overall to the whole community, it's like, I thought this is a, a special thing, you know, it's, there's nothing else like it and there's so much potential for it to be and we're we're making strides and achieving that potential but there's always more to do and you know i'm always trying to do better but so i was so dedicated to trek radio wanting to put more and more time into it and so i uh they were gracious enough to you know pull out a, uh the officer chair so to speak and so they made me one of the managers and uh finding a place with that i was uh, added to the uh marketing and communications manager department along with our other another great dj dj kane who is one half of terra nova mm -hmm. with rice and kane here on trek radio and so yeah it's definitely been uh you know busy times and you know times i feel like almost um because i have been involved with other shows too that's the other thing i've got involved with tribbles and ecstasy i've been helping out here and there with gnt show Mm -hmm. And uh, I definitely enjoyed Priority One and wanted to help you guys out and be involved. But um, at times, it, it kind of, right? yeah, Gates of Stovacore, that, that I think that would have never happened had I not been on Trek Radio and made a, a, a name for myself and a position with the Klingon community. And so it, it, because there's so much, I mean, there there are times where it's almost like that vaudeville act with the spinning plates, and I try not to let the plates <laughs> fall, you know, so... I need I need to get better with that. I mean, I it, you know, and everybody has personal lives and issues, but uh, you know, it it's just a labor of love. You know, you you want to see call it succeed. That? Was it like equal employment, or we had to have our eighteen percent Klingon? Right. Oh, very okay. good. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I got to say, David, I I definitely understand. When when Brandon originally recruited me on for Priority One, my one and only job was going to be community manager at the Quantum Cafe. Ah. And, it, and it was supposed to take two hours a week tops. <laughs> ah. Tops. <laughs> and here Did we, I mention ah. <laughs> You're right. I think, I think uh, I, 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 I don't even want to stop and try to figure out how many hours I put into this because it's... <laughs> I love it. I love it. And if I start to quantify it by hours, I might not love it as much. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's Elijah well, uh, purging himself. <laughs> but I mean, it really well, is like, it's almost like a nonprofit. I, I don't think a lot of people know that none of the podcasts, well, yeah, none of the podcasts, none of us get paid to do what we do. Nobody at the radio station gets paid, and it really is a labor of love because 
it, it started out as a small thing. All of us, in, including the podcast and the radio, we all started small and we've grown so much over the last few years that it, it almost feels like it's turning into this bigger thing. It's turning into this big community, like this organic network yep. that we all didn't realize. So we're having to wear 10 different hats. <laughs> I'm um, still just constantly. You know that. Missing. What is your job description? Other duties as assigned. Right. <laughs> well, and I'm I'm still just constantly amazed that anybody gives a shit. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, wow, really? You want to hear us? I thought. Oh my this god, that's like, only like, happened Karen. in Vegas. The person yeah. showed up and asked for our autographs, and we're like, right, me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want my autograph? I was like, this. I do this show for my mom and dad and like the four friends that listen. You know, it's it, like, it was freaking Martok's drummer. Wanted my signature. Like, what? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wait a minute. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. it's, and, and that's the thing. It, we're becoming the vision that we envision for it. And you know, at times it, it's a struggle. Other times it goes in leaps and bounds, and we have to kind of keep up with it. And but that's the thing. You know, we love it, and we're just going to keep going forward and make it into what we want it to. You know, what we know it can be and what it should be. And, you know, even just like at Vegas, we made so many, you know, contacts and met so many great people at Vegas. And and that includes, the you know, our podcasting friends, because some of us, you know, download or listen to the, the shows, but we don't really interact. And so meeting everybody, you know, that we've interacted with on Skype or in chat, and then some people that we've never really interacted with, just meeting it face to face in Vegas. And I know a lot of great things came from that, mm-hmm. you know, making connections, making relationships and you know, so I definitely, you know, already loved Priority One, but even after meeting all of you guys, I knew that, like, you know, I definitely wanted to work together with you guys and, you know, yeah. whatever capacity. So when you guys wanted to actually join us, I was like, whoa, you know, that, that was cool. You know, it's like re- kind of reaching out to you guys and then you reaching the other way. It's like, you know, it just came together. And I know and I it sounds it like really, really one awesome. big circle jerk where we're all patting each other on the back, doesn't it? The listeners like, shut up. That's, that's yeah, right. what no, <laughs> this is why I Somebody love that you guys agreed to do your show live because the most important person in any show is the audience and mm. hearing you guys talk about something and then seeing the IRC chat just light up. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. That is the reason why I turn my computer on every day and make sure that we do the radio is shows like yours where the audience just starts talking and arguing back and forth. And I love that because well, it's, it's passion. So in all fairness, I paid about half of those people to be here. <laughs> <laughs> the Thank checks you, in the mail, guys. Sixty dollars, sixty dollars, sixty dollars each. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll just do it for dim sum. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're right. actually terrified for any dim sum. <laughs> like, look, whatever you do, stay the hell away from Trek Radio people, James. We don't want to, you know, we want to have a good name with them. <laughs> no way. If you're handing out 60 bucks, I say. Right. Is that why I saw the person saying, yay, Star Wars in the chat room? They, they, they just wanted their 60? Yeah. Zach, yay, Star Wars. Oh, you're mind. not getting your money now. Star Wars. It's bad that that reminds me of that. What was that movie where he's like, I want my two dollars? Oh my god. Uh, paper that boy? Was, yes. Uh, oh my god. Um, my was it better uh, off was dead. It? Better off dead. Yes, it yes. was better off dead. He had another one called like My Life or something like that too. That was similar. But you're right. It was better off dead that had that. Um, John Cusack, dude. I loved that movie when I was a kid. <laughs> I used to relish hearing that kid yell two dollars. I used to ride around on my bike in my neighborhood and yell to my friends two dollars. And like we were the only ones that got it. Like we were the only ones. Like all the adults were like, "What the hell are they talking? Does that kid owe him two bucks?" You know, like 
it was just so funny. I, I'm so glad you brought that reference up. <laughs> Did you have everybody to go, I'll just give him $2. I mean, <laughs> you're like, thanks. I should give you $2 just for bringing that reference up. <laughs> yes, yes, you should. Thank you so much for reminding me about that. That's awesome. So, David, uh, under normal circumstances, your show, we're running into your time right now, but uh, you, normally your show will be starting at 10, right? Yeah, 7 uh, p.m. Pacific, 10, p 10 p.m. Eastern. And uh, both of my shows, I do two shows Tuesday right before podcast UGC. And then now I'm going to be doing a show after Priority One. So that's, it didn't work. It didn't start out a plan that way, but it seems like the Warriors stand is going to be piggybacking some great podcasts with uh, podcast UGC and now Priority One. But I do three hours of uh, the Warriors Den. The Tuesday show has been mostly, uh, not mostly, but more heavily Klingon oriented with you know different segments different talking points and then the thursday show i mainly just play music and kind of you know less mainstream i do you know world music i do classical i do even polka i mean i do all kinds of different kind of music and then for so for thursday i just you know go crazy with the different styles and also take requests so a lot of the uh, the listeners know that you know we have because we have djs who play you know a country like hick our program director he has a, a Sunday morning show called Hick, Big, Hick's Big Country Breakfast, and it's all country. <laughs> and then he has another show, Hick at Night, which is a variety show. A lot of our DJs play variety music, but we have some that play a, a, a genre or a theme. We have a jazz show, the Jazz nice. Lounge. But for me, you know, people have come to know that, you know, I play some goofy stuff, some funny, silly stuff, but also some out there kind of, you know, non-mainstream uh, you know, including world music and, you know, um, and old, old music. and Rockwell, who does our jazz show, is going to have Andy Milne on, the guy that did the music for the Captain's documentary. Oh, wow. He's going to have him on. Size so, Elliot, you didn't you know it, but he already the, played the theme song for his show. We're actually in his show right now. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually... We've been co-opted. Exactly. We've been assimilated. I was, I was going to get ready to tell you guys, you have to start speaking in Klingon now. Oh, oh. We'll, we'll need some tutorial. I mean, Melk has probably got it. Done, <laughs> I'm going to need a lot more to drink. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for for joining us and and sharing some uh, some of what you guys got going on and uh, with our audience. Thanks, thanks for coming on, guys. Always a pleasure. Definitely. We love having you guys. Thank you again, Trek Radio. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, David, for stopping by. Why don't we go ahead and see what's incoming? Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each other. And welcome to Feedback for episode 94. We're going to reach out to the Stowe forums first. We got something from Stowe in there that says, Is that Admiral Dumsum, as in dim sum to be admired? Or is that Admiral Dim Sum, as in head of the first Chinese takeout fleet forces? <laughs> hmm. I'll just listen to the podcast. <laughs> very good, Roach. Very clever. Thanks for writing that in, buddy. And a pleasure as always. I still want my dim sum. None for you. One year. <laughs> Elijah will never get his dim sum. The dim sum, not <laughs> None for you. One year. Uh, from Twitter. 
to start with, thanks everyone for all the retweets throughout the week. People are uh, are, are great about doing that. There was a lot of people, uh, no specific show-related tweets, uh, but a lot of people definitely watching our, our Twitter feed. Uh, we do have a ton of new followers. Just every week we've got a whole new pile of uh, Twitter followers. I'm going to give a shout-out to a few of you. Thank you very much for, for signing on to our Twitter stream. Uh, at Building Cyberworld, at WillV79, at John Breyer, uh, at Shodan4031, at SB underscore Nimitz, and at Coins underscore 2010. Thank you guys for, for tuning in via Twitter and tuning into the show. Uh, if anyone is interested in, in signing on to our Twitter, that is at STO Priority One. We've got uh, two incoming email messages, one from Shep1701. You guys are awesome. Thank you all for your great work. This is the only podcast I listen to. Sean Newboy, what up, Sean? Great show, guys. Nice to meet you, Superman. And he's referring to Superman, the CEO of, ne of Nemesis Incorporated. Well, that wraps up this episode's feedback. Don't forget to send your information to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Let us know how we're doing. We love to hear from you. Well, that wraps up episode 95, our first live broadcast from TrekRadio.net. Hey. Remember that we will be doing this every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, as Elijah noted at the beginning of the show. And check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One. That's the word one, not the numeral. Uh, for showtimes and other cool stuff, we've been getting some amazing feedback, and we play much better to a live audience. You'll have fun. Stop by. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You'll yeah, have fun. Do. And you'll like it. <laughs> no, we do really. We have fun. Uh, keep we'll an eye out. Nothing and like it. Exactly. Keep an eye out for Alex Calderwood's uh, uh, Priority One comics uh, that we do have on our brand new website, PriorityOnePodcast.com. And we also put them up on Facebook, which I find that's my favorite way to get them. It's like having a little subscription there. Uh, while you eagerly await adventures from ARC 2, be sure to catch up on the comics via our website, the old ones. It's pretty, pretty darn good. And uh, I, I think that you're going to be sweet. really really impressed with his artwork uh for this next next arc he's he's just really stepping up his game it's going to be phenomenal we are looking for your suggestions and ideas for blank of the week and field notes and whatever show improvements you might think of you can submit your ideas and questions with our online form on the priority one website at www.priorityonepodcast.com via email to incoming at priorityonepodcast.com facebook or twitter and now youtube now YouTube. And now YouTube. That's right. And we are on Facebook, as he said. So uh, make sure and check us out over on Facebook.com slash Priority One Podcast. Uh, and you can see all our fun stuff there. To have your Foundry missions featured on the show, send in the name of your mission, a brief description, and your at handle to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Or use our online submission form at our new website, www.PriorityOnePodcast.com. We are beginning to shift to a video format for our Foundry reviews, hence our need for a video editor. Uh, we will be playing through the mission with its author. Uh, when you think of this, think of DVD commentary on a movie. So you have the director and the writer and the producer sitting there commenting on it as, as you're watching it. And we will be posting them on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can see the August Dev Blog fleet-based walkthrough video over there right now at YouTube forward slash sto priority one youtube.com youtube.com forward slash sto priority one as you guys are already aware this podcast and productions like it are a labor of love 
the cost of hosting, the cost of uh, web development, all come out of our very own little pockets. So we've added a little donate button to help subsidize those costs. Uh, so please, if you have the opportunity, spare some cash. We'd love it. Uh, or if you shop on Amazon, and who doesn't, why don't you go ahead and use our Amazon affiliate links on the side of the website. Can I have some more, please, mister? Don't make us beg like Oliver. <laughs> on a uh, serious note, um, we did want to give our love and best wishes from Priority One cast and crew over to a friend that we have at Cryptic, one of the developers, who is um, not faring well right now. He has a medical issue, and we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, best wishes out to him. So Absolutely. You know, Get well soon, buddy. You know who you are. Ah. We would like to thank our special guests. David and Raisa from Trek Radio. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us on Trek Absolutely. Radio. You guys are it's awesome. It's been a blast. Uh, it was good to hear your voices again. I've missed you since Vegas. Um, our executive producer, Elliot Tan, thank you for joining us tonight, sir, and filling in for the lovely yet missing Adrienne Grady. Our production assistant, uh, Alex Calderwood, for his amazing artwork and his, uh, his work behind the scenes of, of gathering info and feedback for us thank you so much alex our audio engineer and host who is absent tonight adrian grady and the composer of our theme music mr chris watts thank you so much for making us sound good sir Absolutely. special thanks to our sponsors sayulita and geek nation tours uh our syndication partners subspace radio trek radio and the trek radio live crew and hollow suite magazine and of course you guys the community, the listeners, the people that love Trek and love us. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. can play and complete one mission a day, you'll be able to play them all before the voting voting period ends. Once you have played through them... <laughs> Wait, them. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Your Minnesota accent went so hard. The voting... <laughs> the voting... <laughs> the voting don't turn once, off. once you play through them, then please send an in-game email to PWE Brandflakes at their that Stowe Community Manager. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Nice. What up? All right. Um, three, two. Oh, my mic was muted. Sorry. My apologies. <laughs> you guys are so quiet. I'm not used to you guys being so quiet. This was the tripping over the feet part that I just mentioned. You're right. It is a tripping <laughs> over the feet. But everybody's so, like, I can feel the, the nerves. It's so cool. It's like our first episode all over again. I'm fine. I'm just not speaking unless I have my part so that's <laughs> i'm waiting for you guys <laughs> if, if only we'd known all we needed was trek radio all this time oh, <laughs> oh.
well bum, done. Bum, I, have, bum. I have that recorded. I do. I do. Be, be careful what you wish for, Elliot. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs>